we've uh, obviously been in the, a series uh, for worship, amen? We've talked a lot of thing about a lot of things. What is worship? We've talked about why worship. Um, we've talked about God and reign and worship. We've talked about Satan's plan and worship. We've talked about God's plan and worship. Um, and today... Okay, I hope that others are as humored as I am, but today, uh, I just, this is like, this was my first impression for the title, Holy Handicap, Batman. (laughs) I, sorry if you guys think that I'm whimsy and immature, but I am. (laughs) I wouldn't say immature necessarily. Whimsy, yes. Crazy, silly, creepy. In my creativity, thinking, whatever all that is, yeah. But, you know, the bottom line of everything that I'm trying to say here is hindrance. Holy hindrance, Batman. Holy, what, what's going on around here with, with being handicapped and with worship? Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, there are times particularly in my past, um, and even sometimes now, where I just um, haven't felt completely, like, maybe free to worship, or, you know, sometimes people aren't, sometimes people aren't, you know, maybe there's things that kind of get in the way, you know, our definition of worship, obviously, is the expression of love, expressed love, um, the reverence and adoration that we're showing the Father through, you know, by love. And that's what worship is. And it's not just only with music. It's not just only sitting here and, and, and again, we talked about we don't get entertained. We don't get up on this platform at all to perform. It's not performance. When we're up front or when we're in our seats, we're praising. It's to be praised. It's to be worship that we're offering up to the Lord. And it will never... In, in my prayer, it will never be anything less than that. This is never a place for anybody to come and try to just show what you got. Because we learned and we talked about Lucifer when he was in heaven. That was his big problem. He came, you know, he was, he was standing on the platform, literally, next to Jesus, leading worship. And he just thought he was performing so awesomely that that praise and worship coming up was for him as much as it was for God. And what he began to do was steal it. He began to steal the praise and the worship that was coming and being brought to the Father, and he was taking it for himself as if he was the one that was worthy of it, and he was not. Got himself in a position where he thought he was all that and a bag of chips and wanted to be lifted up higher than God, and boom, he was out because his heart was filled with iniquity. Well, that's not us. Why do I know that? Because we weren't created like he was. The word of God says we were made. And we were made in the image of God. And so we were made to be worship leaders for ourselves, for one another. We were made to worship, period. That's our, you ever wonder what your why is in life? Your why is to worship. That's your why. Exactly. Because if you're worshiping, if you're really truly worshiping, and Jesus said there are those who worship in spirit and in truth, 
They're called the true worshipers. So if you're truly worshiping in spirit and in truth, there's no room for pride or anything else. You truly are worshiping humbly before your Father. Thanks for adding that, because that's important. And we have to remember that at all times, that we are to worship in spirit and in truth. Those two things together, no matter what we're doing, it doesn't matter if it's, again, music, we haven't even gotten to the music part of all of this, but I just want to say that worship comes in many ways. We've learned that. You know, we, we, we've reviewed some of that, and today we're going to talk about what holds us back. Today we're going to talk about the hurdle that we have to overcome if we have it. And I'd venture to say pretty much everybody has it, and you might not even know what it is yet. And this might surprise you, and it might not surprise you, but let me tell you something in my life. I'm freer from this word than I've ever been in my entire existence on this earth because of what this word is, because of the truth, because of the spirit leading and because of what we're going to talk about. what You know, I've always, in the past, I was bothered by hindrances uh, my entire life and, and just stumbling blocks and obstructions. And how many people can relate to that? You have a goal or you're thinking something or you're, you, you're, you've set your spirit in a way uh, where you're going and then, and then here comes this shackle and this interference and this inhibitor and this something holding you back and in this handicap, and, and I'm here to say that we want to be free before the Lord. Amen? We want to worship without a hindrance. We want to worship and come before him without any interference. Can I get an amen for that? All right. So here's the first question. What is the greatest hindrance of worship? What is the greatest hindrance of of worship. What will stop you from worshiping so freely? I don't know if you guys remember a song that we have sang, um, and it's it was written by Chris Tomlin, and the chorus says, I want to sing like nobody's listening. I want to dance like no one's around. I want to give like there's no, oh, what's that line? Like there's no end. Anyway, I want to be the, the, the man or the person God has created me to be. Anybody remember that song? I want to be who I was made to be. We were made to be what exactly what we're saying, worshipers. We were made to worship the Father. We were made in his image to worship him the way he deserves to be worshipped. And how many people can relate to that? Do you ever want to just sing like nobody can hear you? Anybody? Do you ever want to dance like nobody can see you dancing? You just want to dance and be able to do what you want? But no, but you you want to like, I was oh, forget who I was playing with recently. And I just go like this. You can't see you. You can't see me. You can't see me. If I cover my eyes, you can't see me. Right? Everybody cover your eyes. Okay, I can't see you. You can't see me, right? So we want, <laughs> we want to be in a position with God where we're in that secret place and we're not concerned about anybody seeing us. Isn't that something you guys want? I mean, yeah, right? We just want to get in that, that place with him, in that secret place, as Psalm 91 talks about. So what is the greatest hindrance of worship? Well, 
Let me, let me give you two verses. One's in the New Living, and one is out of the, the message. And the New Living, coming from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 27, uh, I'm sorry, verse 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. The greatest hindrance of worship, the greatest thing that will stop you from worshiping God the way you really want to is fear. It's fear. Now, don't shut me down before I have a chance to explain everything. Don't get a wall up and act like you've never been afraid in worship or that you've never been afraid to worship. Just hear me out. Let me finish all of this, okay? The message says it like this, and I love this. It says, the fear of human opinion disables. Can anybody relate to that? Trusting God protects you from that. You ever heard it put that way? Human opinion will disable you, but trusting God protects you from that. Amen? So, fear is clearly what, we could, what could stop you from worshiping God the way you really want to. But now, the next question. Oh, and before I go to the next question, just let me say that, you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody can just relate. And then you sit here and you close your eyes and you're like, okay, who's looking at me? Anybody looking at me? I don't know if I'm being watched. I mean, you're in your car and you don't know if you're being watched. You're in the market. You don't know if you're being, every, you know, a lot of people have a lot of conscious, like, everybody's looking at me. Ah! Anyway, the Lord wants to free us from that. I can't stress that enough. But the second question is this. What causes the greatest hindrance of worship? What causes the fear? What brings the fear on? I'm not picking on anybody. This is not by any means any kind of condemnation either to anybody. It's just something we absolutely have to deal with. Because if we don't, we will not be free. We'll constantly have a bit in our mouth that's not put there by God. We'll constantly be handicapped. We'll constantly be, be uh, shackled. And in your mind or in your heart, you might want to jump. But when you're shackled, you can't. It's like you're stuck. You can't move. Have you ever had a dream where you're trying to move and you can't get free and something bad's coming at you and you just can't? Anybody ever had a dream like that? I used to have dreams like that all the time. And it's just the freakiest thing. It's like, or I used to have just these, this crazy dream where there would be this lamb at a distance. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it was weird. And I would feel sorry for the lamb. And as I approached the lamb, it looked like this poor little thing, but I noticed that it was black also, which I was a little amazed at. But as I got up on it, all of a sudden, it turned into a monster and went, Aah! and that was not reoccurring constantly, but it was something that happened regularly. Like I had that dream regularly. Why am I sharing that with you? Let me remember why I'm even sharing it. I guess because what I'm saying is that um, 
Now I have to remember. Why did I even share that? Where was I, guys? Man, help me out here. Think. Yeah, what causes it? Oh, 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 okay. So I was talking about the fear. The whole fear-based thing. And, and, and <sighs> there's times where you're just misled. You don't realize it's not what you think, you know. Um, and, and this dream looked like one thing, but it appeared, it appeared to be one thing, but it was really something else once I saw it up close. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. There you go, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And we have to be aware of the fact that Satan doesn't want us to do any of this. He doesn't want us here. He doesn't, and it's not a personal thing. It's just that he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it at all, period. We good? And, and so um, that's fine, whatever. Let's keep the middle one where it is. So the greatest hindrance is fear, but what causes fear? Okay. Not trusting, but here's what happened in Genesis. This is the first time it ever happened. Because you got to remember that before sin happened in the garden, there was no fear, right? Okay. When sin occurred, something happened first before fear. It was a chain reaction, but they are connected. And let's read from Genesis 3, verses 8 through 10. And it says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. Now, keep in mind that God used to walk through the garden with Adam and Eve regularly. He would walk with the Adam family, <laughs> if you will, and visit. And they, would, uh, they were in a place where they would worship and, and just hang out with him and and, and have a great, what is, what, is, what is worship? Love expressed. So they would have an opportunity where they expressed love, and he expressed love to them, amen? And it says that they heard him, so they hid from the Lord among the trees. Why did they hide? And the Lord said to the, and called out to man and said, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Now, he'd always been naked. He and Eve had always been naked, but two things happened. When, before sin, they were illuminated with the anointing. They were illuminated with the very essence of God's light in them. So they, they, it didn't even matter. They couldn't, they were just bright and illuminated. And so naked had nothing to do with it because they were in the presence of God. They were having love expressed and they were expressing love. When sin happened, that light went off. When sin happened, that light went off. God was shut off from them, disconnected from them. And immediately, they saw that they were naked, and the first thing they felt was shame. They were ashamed they were naked. 
They had never known shame before this time. We heard you walking. He says, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. You know what hiding is? Hiding is not worship. Shame and hiding from God is the opposite of worship. Absolutely the complete opposite. Because when you're ashamed and you won't go to God, you're not expressing love to him. And what you're doing is stopping him from expressing love to you. This is the greatest hindrance of worship, shame and fear, because they ride, they go side by side. Now, I'm not here to tell anybody why you would ever feel shame. I don't know. I can tell you all the reasons I've felt shame in my life, but let me just tell you this. Satan will cause you to feel shame even when you've done something right and honorable. He will still want you to feel ashamed. What do I mean? Well, let's, uh, here's who came to my mind. Gary's father. Gary's father served in the military in World War II. Gary's dad was literally a war hero. He really was. He was awarded multiple medals for lots of things can't even remember or know what they all are. Some of them are not even in, in, Gary doesn't have some of them. Gary's sister has some. Gary does have a number of them. And the things that stuck out to me the most was his purple heart. That's really cool. Has anybody ever seen a purple heart up close? They're really cool. He had other stuff too, awarding him for, for his, his actions. But his purple heart stood out to me. And he didn't only have a purple heart, but what went with that purple heart were three, three, right? Three, what they call oak or bronze? Oak clusters. What are the oak clusters? Well, the purple heart shows somebody who's wounded in action, who needed treatment and, and, and you know, gave or sacrificed, right? But what happened was he went back. He got wounded. He got fixed up. Got healed, went back, got wounded again, so he got an oak cluster. He was treated, got wounded again, went back, got wounded again, went back. He was wounded four times throughout the entire war, and he, and he kept getting wounded and going back. Thank God it didn't take his life, or Gary wouldn't be here. Neither would I, for all that matters. I'd be somewhere else with some ugly guy or something. I don't know, but anyway... Just say, <laughs> I don't know. No, I would, I'd be alone because there wouldn't be anybody else. Anyway, I'm just <laughs> just funny. Okay. But what I'm saying is that with those medals to honor him and all the other medals that he had, he didn't display them at all. He kept them up, hidden in a box. Never took them out to show anybody. The only reason they'd come out is if Gary pretty much wanted to get in them and look at them. Because he knew they meant something. He knew they stood for something brave and important. And so Gary would look at them. But, and he'd show his friends. But other, you know, his dad never did. His father never talked about it. His father never once said anything to the family. What happened was this. 
He came home from the war, but he came home ashamed. He gave his time and his life for his family so that even today we could be free, and he was ashamed of it. That's what Satan does. He causes people to be ashamed of things, whether it was for good or bad, whether it was on accident or not. And his father, from the time he came back in the 40s until he passed away in the 90s, almost 50 years, felt shame for fighting in the war and doing things that he had to do to protect our country. There's a lot of people that feel shame like that. And the reason why I'm talking about it is because his father never could be the man he was meant to be because of the shame that was in his life. And it brought on this fear. He left the earth delivered. Thank God. But I want to tell you that when, i got to say it fast, bear with me, but he had had cancer. He had the, most of the roof of his mouth removed, so he couldn't talk. And uh, he wasn't able to pronounce words and things, you know, like normal people or like you would. So you couldn't understand what he said, but there was one phrase and a couple of things that he said that we could understand. And at the time, we didn't understand what it all meant, but he quoted Isaiah chapter 6. He quoted verses from Isaiah chapter 6, and the thing that we heard the most from him was, send me, Lord send me. He said other things, but he kept saying, send me, Lord, send me. And we didn't know what he meant, because we'd never read that Isaiah chapter 6 then to understand what he was saying. And it wasn't until after he left the earth that God revealed it all to us what was going on. Gary's dad had a call on his life that he couldn't fulfill. But I want to tell you that that call got passed down to his son. He has another son and a daughter that it could be passed to also if they could step up and would and accept that call. But what I'm saying is this. That call will be fulfilled through Gary because Gary has opportunity to be free from shame and not be afraid to worship. And when you're in a position like that, you can do anything. Let me just, let me move on. All right, so what is the greatest hindrance? Fear. What causes fear? Shame. Third question. What conquers the greatest hindrance of worship? Well, to not sin? (laughs) And then we're not afraid. Faith, right? I mean, there's things we could just say, what could we do to stop it? Well, I know one thing. 
I know that when shame is wiped away, you feel lighter than a feather. When you're not ashamed, you're not thinking of hiding. When you're not ashamed and you're not afraid, there's nothing to stop you from showing love. Amen? But let me, let me show you this. Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with a couple of little teeny things that might be like blessings in heavenly... Whoa, am I reading that wrong? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Let me start over. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in the anointing, just as he chose us in him, in Christ, in Jesus, just as he chose us in the anointed one, how long ago? Before the foundation of the world. Do you know what that means? Before Lucifer ever messed himself up in heaven, before you ever showed up on this earth, God already knew that he wanted you to express love to him so that he could express it to you. He already chose us. He chose me before iniquity was ever found in Lucifer. He chose you. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him in love. Do you know how important that is? Do you know the awesomeness of what he's saying right there? That we should be wholly set apart and without blame before him in love. Let me read more. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will. It's his good pleasure for us to be in those positions. To what? To the praise of his glory of what? His grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Let me show you. Let me let me just tell you. I don't think I made a, a, a slide. Did I make one for that one? Boy, I should have, but I didn't. But let me tell you four things. Let me back up. Whoops. He blessed us. All right. He forgave us. Okay. Without blame. That's forgiveness. To not be blamed and to not have blame is forgiveness. He blessed us. We are forgiven. We are adopted and we are accepted. Do you know how vital this is? Blessed, forgiven, adopted, accepted. I want you guys to say this with me. Okay, Javi's going to lead the crowd. Ready? Ready? Blessed, forgiven, adopted, accepted. If you are taking notes, I want you to write this down. And if you're not taking notes, I want you to write this down. Blessed, forgiven, adopted, accepted. Those four things. I'm serious. Blessed, forgiven, adopted, accepted. Why am I stressing this? 
Because those are the things that Satan has tried to rip out of your memory. Those are the things that he tries to stop from happening to you. I'm telling you right now, listen to me. I don't know how much to stress this. I don't know how to get this across. But if you right now understand how blessed you are, how empowered you are, and know that you've been forgiven, and know that you've been adopted and accepted, there is nothing to shame you. There is no reason fear would ever touch your life in the way that it has in the past. I'm telling you, some people have settled to just live with it as if they have to wait for Jesus to come back and blow a trumpet before they'll ever be set free from it. And I'm here to tell you, it's for you right now. Right now, amen? Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Psalm 90, I'm sorry, Psalm 66, 1 says, Shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. Amen? Take a drink. How many people have ever been, and I've said it already today, but I'm going to say it again, how many times have you ever been in a position where you're not sure to raise your hand or you don't want to move or, or you just, you know, kind of just like, you know, you're, you're like, praise the Lord. Or, you know, how many times has that ever happened to you? Or how many times do you not pra praise because you think you're going to bump somebody or somebody's going to notice you're doing it or I don't know, maybe you think they're going to smell your underarms. I don't know what you're thinking. But you don't do it. Shout joyful praises to God. I don't see where that says that it's a request. Does that show you, is that a request? Is that something that you should check first to make sure that your, quote, religious qualifications will allow you, uh, religion, yeah, religious qualifications allow you to do that? You know, some people think that. Do you know there's churches that say we don't raise our hands in church? There are churches that, that even tell you not to shout, and you have to just sit there, and you can only say amen when they ask you to. There are some people that might think we're kind of crazy and that we might just be charismatic, and that's why we do this. It has nothing to do with religion. It has absolutely nothing to do with being charismatic, four-square, Pentecostal, nothing. Baptist, Methodist, nothing. It has nothing to do with any of it. This is only one verse that I'm showing you, but the Bible is full of verses. Psalms is written for this very reason, to shout joyful praises to God. It's not a request. This is love expressed. I don't care if you can sing on key or not. I sometimes don't myself. I am like in the car or wherever I am, just off pitch so bad. It's crazy, but you know what? The Lord's laughing and having fun with me while we're fellowshipping. Because I'm loving on him like a silly little thing. And I don't really care.
in case you've wondered what's going to happen when you get to heaven, in case you see me at the gate, I can tell you one thing you're not going to say to me. You're not going to come to me and you're not going to say, hey, look, I did it. I made it. And you know why you're not going to say that? Because you didn't get to heaven by faith. How many people think we get to heaven by faith? Nobody, I hope, right? Okay, good. Because I'll tell you why. You're not saved by faith. You're not saved by faith at all. You're not saved by works. You're saved by grace. You're saved by grace. For grace, you have been saved through faith. Faith didn't save you. Grace saved you through faith. The faith of Jesus. Grace saved us through the faith of Jesus not of ourselves. It's a gift. It's a present. Not by works. You know why? Because none of us will ever brag. None of us will ever brag about how we got there or how we even got to where we are. And let me tell you something else. If you think you're waiting around trying to make God pleased in you, I've got to tell you that you're just working, you're, you're, you're working in the wrong direction. You're completely working in the wrong direction. Because if you're looking to find God's favor by what you do, it's not going to work. I'll tell you, let me give you an example. I'm going to put down my glasses. Okay, just going to give you an example. I'm looking for my glasses, right? I'm looking for my glasses. First of all, I can't see well without them to find them, but I will find them eventually, right? Oh, looking for my glasses. Look, oh, look, okay, here's my glasses. Now, okay, still looking for my glasses. Looking for my glasses. Where? Looking. Looking for my glasses. What am I doing? Probably think I look silly, right? Looking for my glasses when I've already found them. What is the first thing that people say when they found what they're looking for? Oh, I found it. Wouldn't you know it was in the last place I looked? Really? Looking for my glasses. Looking, looking for my glasses. Should I keep looking? Of course it's in the last place. I've laughed at this many, many times how people... We'll go, doggone, it was in the last, wouldn't you know it's in the last place I looked? Well, of course it's in the last place you look. You find it, and it, there it is. You're done, right? Why would you keep looking for something that you already have? Blessed, forgiven, adopted, accepted. Why would you look to be accepted? by anybody else when you've been accepted by God himself? Why would you keep looking 
for, to be brought into a, a gang, if you will. When you have the best gang and best race of peculiar people in Christ, why would you want to be anywhere else? Why would we want to be accepted by people when we've been accepted by the Creator and God Almighty, Lord of heaven and earth? Why do you want to be accepted by anybody else? Why is my opinion important about how you are if you're pleasing God? Let me tell you something. My opinion means nothing in that regard. If the Father has accepted you, you are accepted. You don't need me to accept you. I grew up my whole life being bullied, picked on, the underdog, the black sheep, the whatever you want to call it, and always wondering, why am I in this position? Why do I have to endure this pain? Because nobody likes me. <laughs> Only my parents. No, they just, anyway. It was a very hard position to be in, a lot of mental whatever. But listen to me. You're accepted by God. I don't care even what your family thinks. You're accepted. Don't look for acceptance anywhere else. You've already been forgiven. You've been blessed. You've been accepted. You've been adopted. There isn't any higher place to go. God did all of that for us. Amen? He did all of it. place where shame has kept you from being the person that you wanted to be, today's the day to see the truth. If you're in a place where fear has hindered you from worshiping, and it's kept you from your call, when you know God's calling you, But you're afraid. You're afraid for this. You're afraid for that. Maybe somebody will see you. Maybe somebody will talk about it. All those kinds of mindsets are very, very uncomfortable to be in. Today's the day for the Lord to, he already has. Today's the day for you to accept that you've been forgiven of anything that could ever have been in your way. You've already been adopted into the family, and he's already accepted you by grace. Not by your merits. Not by any works that you could ever possibly do. Nothing else has gotten you into the presence of God except the grace through the faith that Jesus laid down through his blood. I want everybody to just close their eyes. Anybody streaming, you know, if you're in a place where you need to be ministered to, where this has been a problem, where you know it's kept you, from being who you're supposed to be. I, I, I want you right now to just acknowledge that.
And if you need to be prayed, you know, come up front and let's pray together. I don't care who we are or what it is. But if you jerk back and you're in a position where you don't visit with God, when you know you need to, then you're not expressing your love. That means you're hiding from him. You don't want to hide from God. You want to express your love. You need to be in a position to express your love in truth and in spirit. If that's you and you feel like you've kept yourself from him in any way whatsoever because of shame in your life, raise your hand. raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and I want you to ask yourself right now, what is this word saying to me? made in his image. Made in his image, praise the Lord, freely. Let's just pray together, amen? Let's all pray together. Father, we just thank you and praise you for giving us your word to free us, to feed us your word, Lord, to, to show us that we do not need to be ashamed of any behavior from our past. We do not need to be ashamed from anything we've done. Lord, you've empowered us on the cross. You have forgiven us of anything we've ever done as believers, as even before we were saved. And you have forgiven us for anything that we could ever do in the future that would be in error to you or to your word. You've already forgiven us. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, I want us all to say, I know I've been forgiven. I know I've been forgiven. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, you've adopted us. You forgave us. You wiped the slate clean. And then you said, I want that. I want that kid. I want that child. That's my kid. I'm bringing my kid home. You see, Lord, you were willing to leave the 99 sheep to go find the one, and I'm the one. Lord, you were willing to leave the, the nine coins at home to go out and look for the one that was lost, and I'm that coin. Lord, you were willing to stay out on the porch and look out for the lost child, the prodigal, until the prodigal was found. I'm the one. And Lord, you stopped looking for me because I'm home and I've stopped looking accepted me. I want everybody to say, Lord, you have accepted me. Thank you for my adoption. 
Lord said, let's rejoice. The father said to his servants, he says, here's my son. I want you to go grab him and bring him in. I want you to put a new, I want you to put a new coat on him. I want you to put a ring on his finger. I want you to bring that fatted calf up, and I want you to, to kill the calf, and, and let's celebrate. Let's have a celebration. Let's have a party. And I want you to say with me, I am wearing that robe. I'm wearing that robe. I'm wearing that ring. I'm wearing that ring. I'm going to party down with my dad. I'm going to party down with my dad because I've come home. Praise you, Father God. We just thank you for your acceptance. Lord, let us never forget that we're always accepted. We have no shame. You, you, you bore our shame on the cross. It's very clear in your word that you bore our shame. We should never feel it. We should never experience it like that ever again. We are completely free from any shame or any fear that would stop us from expressing our love to you. And I want us to say this, say this with me. I am completely free and able to express love to my father at any time, no matter who's around, no matter what's happening. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And everybody said... Amen.